Hello, everybody. You're listening to Meet the Masters only on Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Holly Ehrlich, your show host, and today's guest is Diane Wagner, a successful New York City floral and event designer specializing in weddings. And she has written a really, really fabulous book called Beautiful Wedding Flowers. And there are more than 300 corsages, bouquets, and centerpieces and tips in this book. And the photography is beautiful. And Diane, welcome. Thank you so much, Holly. It's a pleasure to be with you. Well, why don't you tell our listeners who are, you know, brides ready to get married, anyone planning an event, really, and, and, and a lot of our event planners out there, tell them a little bit about how you got into the business of flowers and weddings. Okay. Well, I've always been in the creative business. I started in publishing, which really gave me a lot of good organizational skills. So I do have that business and creative background, which is really necessary in events because there are so many details. And I started doing photo styling. I started working with flowers. And it just led into more and more and more. And weddings, of course, are the ultimate flower job. I'd say so. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, being you you work with many couples planning their events. And you have been showcased throughout the country and featured in national publications and on network television. Mm -hmm. And you even had another book called Victoria Flower Style. Tell us a little bit about that book. That book is a totally how-to book. Okay, cool. Which is, it's really great for people who want to learn how to do flowers. I've taken every single centerpiece, bouquet, every uh, every floral item in the book has a recipe and directions. So you can actually recreate it yourself. You can change the colors if you want. You could change the container. But you can see actually what goes into it, every stem and all the mechanics. And what inspired you to write Beautiful Wedding Flowers? Well, weddings are what I work on more than anything else. And there are just so many beautiful flowers, and there's so much you can do with weddings. I mean, that's one thing I always, when couples come to me, sometimes they have a good idea of where to start, and sometimes they don't. And I always tell them, there's no right or wrong. You can do anything. It's going to be beautiful. You know, you do eventually have to make a decision. (laughs) But um, beautiful wedding flowers gave me a way to showcase florals from the start to the finish, from the small items, corsages, boutonnieres, right through to the event itself. Well, the book is definitely uh, packed with ideas. <laughs> and um, I really, I, I looked at it page to page to page and, and, mm-hmm. and it's totally inspiring. And I think the couples, whether they're working with an event plan or doing it on their own, can mm-hmm. definitely incorporate some of some of those ideas, if not multiple ideas. So why don't we get right into it? Let, okay. Let's just mm-hmm. right away, What? let's start at the beginning. What is the best way to find a florist for your wedding? The best way to find a florist is, I think, online. You Google florists in your area and then check their websites. Sometimes your venue may have preferred vendors, <clears throat> so you can then also check their websites. But if you get an idea of their styles, then you have taken it one step further before your meeting. And when you call people up, you can have a conversation. You can get an idea of you know, maybe you're very modern and maybe that's not their style at all, or maybe you want something very classic and they do things, they're known for something that's sleeker. So you can kind of work that out a little bit before just making a cold visit to a florist. 
you know, the internet has helped so much. We can see uh, so many photos. There's so much information out there now. Yeah, and there are so many storyboards on the blogs as well. And, exactly. And, well, mm-hmm. I, I would think that one of the first um, details um, that someone may choose is choosing flowers by color. So let's talk a little bit about that because I think that that is a big reason um, to carry it through, you know, right. uh, the whole wedding event. Right. The flower color is going to set the mood. And if you're looking for a formal ceremony and reception, you're probably going to go for pale colors or a monochromatic, something like a deep red. Um, And brighter shades, lighter colors, mixed colors usually suggest informality. And if you're looking for something more organic or rustic, you're going to put in some greens and browns, fiddlehead ferns, interesting foliage. And also the venue and the time of year may have some bearing on your color choices. Um, If you're in a ballroom that has a really uh, strong decor, you should probably use that. And that may be why you've chosen that venue. So try to work with that. If you have a neutral space, then you can add any color at all. Are there some colors that are more popular today than, than you've seen in the past? I see purple all the time. Deep purple, light purple, plum, fuchsia, lavender, and mixed with greens and light blues and creams, but definitely purple. It's a huge, huge trend. Are there any real rules, though? I mean, you know, obviously we have flower availability. Yes. But are there any other real rules, you know, when it comes to flowers? I would think that that is just something, you know, anyone could do whatever they want when it comes to flowers. Yeah, I try not to give people rules or constraints. Um, I mean, obviously, I wouldn't use tropical flowers with Lily of the Valley, something like that. Okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, th- things are so much more relaxed now, and people want to make an individual statement. So in terms of colors, we do lots and lots of different things. We put vegetables and herbs into arrangements. We have lemons, cut lemons or sugared lemons added to arrangements. It's, it's nice to add something that means something to a couple. I had a vegan bride, and we used lots and lots of vegetables in her wedding. Well, that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. That was a, fun. That's a really great, fun. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. What about are some – let's talk about some other unique ideas to personalize a wedding. Sure. Um, say you're on a budget and you're using a bright-colored centerpiece and you want to use neutral linens that the venue provides for you. You can get an inexpensive colored napkin. You know, Say you have a bright pink centerpiece in the middle of the table. You have white linens, white plates. You put that bright pink napkin around, folded, flat-folded on your plate. It extends your color theme. What you really want to do is pull elements together so your tabletop looks really designed. And if you have your escort cards or your table numbers printed with ink in your flower color, that also extends that theme around the table. That's a great idea. Actually, you just showcased um, at the what Horticultural Society. Correct. Correct. <laughs> right? And you did do a table. What did your table look like? My table, which uh, you can see online, the, the theme of the event was fire and ice. And I chose ice. I kind of go for the blues. I like that, that feeling. And I had a beautiful shimmery blue tablecloth and napkins. And my table had narrow glass vases. It was, it was multi-leveled. And I had narrow glass vases filled with blue crystals with lots of white orchids. And then I had blue glass. There was sort of mosaic glass, which blue glass, which was sort of ice cube feeling. But the blue warmed it up a little. 
And I had lots of floral bouquets in creams and whites with dusty miller leaves, which is that beautiful blue-gray-green color. It's soft. And then lots of blue crystals sprinkled around and lots and lots of votive candles. So the whole it was sparkly on all levels, and it had floral on various levels. It sounds which great. I, I think that sounds like it could be used at a wedding. Absolutely. And in fact, the event was open to the public in the afternoon before the gala dinner dance. And as people were walking around, they said, oh, we could use that for a wedding. We could change it to different colors. And one of um, the things that will give you more floral impact is having flowers on more than one level. I did this within one table. But in a big ballroom, I'll often do half the tables with low flowers and half the tables with high flowers. Because when you enter the room, your eyes forced to look up and down rather than just being all at one level to see the decor. Well, I think that's and, another excellent, excellent tip. Um, I also think that the containers that you use very often um, could make something more charming or more modern, you know? Exactly. There's a lot of sleek glass now, but I also like something bronze and twisted, you know, a beautiful stand, and maybe you wire crystals into it or twine ivy around it. Well, I think that um, because, you know, I'm always looking um, online, like you mentioned, and I Mm -hmm. find that um, and also talking about being budget friendly. uh, Correct. There are a Mm -hmm. lot of things, something like that, that you can kind of uh, use your own personal style by maybe going to the flea market, you know, absolutely. And and, and finding Mm -hmm. these vintage, you know, glass containers um, and glassware per se. And it could be small or large or a combination of both and could look really, really smashing. Sure. I do that also sometimes. One table may be a combination of, say, you know, five, six, seven small vases. And then alternate tables may be a taller vase with a larger arrangement. But I love using unique containers. And often people bring things to me. I have um, someone who's bringing me real Tunisian tea glasses, the colored tea glasses with the gold. I love that. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm always open to something new. And it's, it's fun to see what people will collect. Well, and then it's nice how you can complement it with, mm-hmm. you know, certain flowers and certain color flowers. Right. And I love that collaboration. They'll bring me something new that they, <clears throat> excuse me, they don't really know what to do with, but they know they want to use it at the wedding. And then I can suggest items and play with it. I think that's a great, great um, opportunity for couples, again, mm-hmm. to infuse mm-hmm. their own um, their own sense of personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know... How do you carry a floral theme from boutonnieres to bouquets and then to the centerpieces? Well, again, that can be done with color and it can be done with a flower type. Like say the bride really loves orchids and she wants to use orchids throughout the wedding. You know, we use a beautiful cymbidium orchid for the bouquet, which is a little bit larger, like white cymbidiums for the bride's bouquets. We might use mini cymbidiums for corsages and boutonnieres. And they're much more open to an unusual boutonniere, say little balls of yellow crispedia or pods in the fall or guinea hen feathers. So we little tiny orchid, sleek calla lilies are pretty. You know, we're, we're way past the, you know, the single rose or certainly the single carnation. And men are, they're looking for something a little different. They want to, you know, they want to set some style on their wedding day. Yeah, well, that, that's fair enough. Um, I, I would still think that most of the brides would would ultimately choose that. They do, they do. But I have had, um, I have had, as I said, a number of grooms. I have one couple who, um, one of my favorites. They, this is a cute story. They met at Yale, 
in their fulfilling their senior science requirement. And they did a class where they were identifying local flowers. So it sounded like a big walk in the woods. And the groom was so charming, he told me that's how they fell in love. And they came and they wanted spring centerpieces and very mossy and gardeny. And it was just, it was, it was very sweet how he was so involved. You see, but the thing mm-hmm. is they were inspired by the environment and nature and the landscape to begin with. You know, right. so that's mm-hmm. why it became an important element mm-hmm. in, in their planning. So that's a diff that's the, and that makes sense. You know, right. that that would make sense that they would both jointly, you know, want to um you know, be part of that planning. You know, sure. so I'm, that that makes mm-hmm. sense. Are there other right. wedding stories like that that you have where the groom was involved and really had something that he wanted to say? The um, I have a couple who are making wine as gifts for their guests. That's kind of fun. That's so, terrific. So they're involved, and then we're going to carry that wine theme and the purple color throughout the wedding. The In their ceremony, they're getting married in Arbor, and we're going to twine it with grapevine. So let's, we're, they're also doing a large bottle of wine that will be their escort card table and people will sign the bottle of wine for them so we're just carrying that theme with the the vines and the ivy and kind of spilling flowers throughout the wedding but they they're very involved in making this wine well i also think I you mentioned also the wine mm-hmm. for the favors i also think flowers mm-hmm. are a great favor and i think sure. for mm-hmm. sure well first of all i think that at most weddings you know and i think we just do this or at most events you know if flowers are left on the table. I mean, I don't know, is there etiquette or protocol? Because I know very often either one is someone um, designated to take home that centerpiece or is it first come first serve and they take home that centerpiece? Because, you know, what are you going to do with all those centerpieces? Exactly. Um, That's really up to the couple who gets the centerpiece from the table. And if it's a small centerpiece um, or a low centerpiece, excuse me, um, I think definitely the guests usually take them. Tall centerpieces or larger ones are harder for the guests to take, although I'll often do the centerpiece in a plastic insert so it can be removed from the container and they can take the flowers home because I hate to see flowers go to waste. People should enjoy them. Well, talking about not going to waste, though, mm-hmm. I also feel like what what you know are some good ideas that couples could do with their centerpieces or their bouquets after the day is over? Sure. Um, centerpieces, if the guests are not going to take them, there are services that you can call and people will pick them up and distribute them to hospitals or nursing homes. In terms of the bouquet, I usually, I always provide a tosser. If the bride is going to toss a bouquet, I don't want her to toss her own bouquet because I think she should leave the ceremony with her bouquet. Even if she's getting on a plane the next morning, she should take her bouquet. Um, and you can, there are a lot of things you can do with it, depending on the flowers. If it's something like roses, I tell them to just turn it upside down and hang it and dry it. You can take petals or blossoms and press them because I do think it's nice to have a keepsake from your bouquet. I did it in mine. I still have mm-hmm. them in a scrapbook somewhere. At least, at <laughs> right. least, at least a few petals for sure. Right. But, or you, um, could, you could just tear it apart and make it into potpourri. Oh, that's a good idea too. How fragrant. So, no, I just think it's a good idea to keep, keepsakes are definitely one way and, you know, and to recycle and to reuse or to donate. I think it's a really important thing because Mm -hmm. we really need to be, um, we, we want to minimize waste. Correct. Um, so, you know, something that's real important is like, you know, where can a bride splurge and where can a bride save when it comes to flowers? Okay. Splurging should be her bouquet. I think that's definitely a place 
that she should never feel compromised. She shouldn't feel that she's scrimped on her bouquet. She should have the flowers that she wants there. And maybe it's a little bit more. She'll add flowers that she won't use elsewhere. Because the bouquet is going to be photographed as a close-up, you can use the, the smaller flowers and the more detailed flowers, lily the valley, stephanotis, gardenias, sweet pea, things that are a little more expensive and more delicate. Uh, because it, it will be photographed and she will, you know, coming down the aisle, have that. Everyone's going to see it. And she should feel really beautiful holding her bouquet. Um, also, the escort card table. That's usually positioned so guests see that when they come in. And it should be something kind of dramatic, whether it's large flowers or this time of year it can be flowering branches. Um, it might be a beautiful display of glass with candles at different levels. So that should be bold, even if it's not a lot of flowers. It should be something dramatic. Okay. Where to save? Save, I always say the ceremony because the bride and groom are the focus there. If it's in a church, there's usually decor, especially if it's a very elaborate church, you can't compete with that. I mean, not everyone's going to bring in trees like the royal family did. <laughs> uh, some Although people- that was that was really quite lovely. That was re- I did love that. It was gorgeous. The green in there with the stone was beautiful. No, but I just thought the idea of trees. Like, have you ever done a wedding bringing in trees? I've done. I haven't done a wedding bringing in trees. I've done um, receptions where we've done like clusters of potted trees around the room, potted palms, things like that, which are rented. So they obviously don't go to waste. I've never brought trees into a church, but I have a feeling it's going to happen. Well, I would think that that would influence many a wedding coming mm-hmm. up. And and, 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 and I've, we have a couple of other comments about the royal wedding and a few sects. But, um, sure. um, but with regarding to the maple trees, though, um, mm-hmm. I have to say I was looking it up because there was so much, you know, buzz about right. the trees. And mm-hmm. I have to say what I think is really great is that they are going to be replanted. Yes. Um, yes. Which I think is so fantastic. And, you know, also the significance of the maple tree, it means balance, promise, and practicality. And not only that, yes. some, through some of my other research, it said it's seen as a happy tree. It says alluring, mystically bringing together all who gather under the maple is said to enjoy lifelong success and abundance. It's such a beautiful tree all year round, too. The, the leaves in the fall. So I think it, it is a very joyful tree. I just, I just, I thought that that was, at first I said, like, what's with the trees? But mm-hmm. then when I, when I understood the meaning of it, mm-hmm. you know, and also that everything that they did, I mean, they're the royal wedding florist, I guess while we're on the subject of the royal wedding, um, right. was um, <laughs> that their florist is Shane Connolly. And he said that right. the display would symbolize that everything is sustainable, renewable, and appropriate. And I thought, you know what? They definitely achieved that regarding, like you were just talking about in the ceremony. Yes. Because you really didn't see much more. No, and it was, and it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. It you was know, beautiful. But then also you're talking about splurging on a bouquet. So I really probably want to stick to this. You know, really Kate Middleton did not. <laughs> no, it was modest, but her flowers were all delicate flowers. She had hyacinth blossoms that were wired. She had lily of the valley. She had sweet William for her William. Um, so it was uh, it was very detailed and I think it didn't reflect probably the amount of work that went into making that bouquet look so lovely and effortless. Well, 
you know, you, I, I still think it looked lovely, but I definitely oh, was- know that there was a lot of talk, especially America, you know, mm-hmm. thinking it was smaller than they thought it would be. Yes. You know, and talking again about this, the symbolism of, of the four flowers. Well, you mentioned three and then there was also myrtle, which I think right. is something, it's a, a European custom, which is symbolic of love and immortality regarding the goddess Aphrodite, I think. Um, myrtle, that myrtle came from the same bush. There's a, a cutting that was from the, let's see, it's Queen Victoria's daughter, Princess Victoria's bouquet. And all the royal brides, I believe, have carried myrtle from that cutting. Yes. And that's where, that's where Kate's was. Yeah. It's also, it, it signifies happiness and marital fidelity, prosperity, and a long and happy life. So, so there's that, lots of symbolism for Myrtle. Wait, and then Lily of the Valley represents sweetness, right. re- return mm-hmm. to happiness, humility, mm-hmm. perfect purity. Mm-hmm. Um, white hyacinth is, indicates loveliness, I'll pray for you. And as you said, Sweet Williams is, is, mm-hmm. is that of, of William, but also of right. gallantry. Mm-hmm. And, Which is perfect, perfect, right? Oh, my goodness. It is so perfect. I mean, but to me, you see, that's... And I'm not sure that all of the viewers, the, the, the billions of viewers, the third of the world that tuned in. Right. You know, unless you read all of these blogs, mm-hmm. did you really know the inside scoop on the meaning of the royal wedding flowers? Right. Or if you're really interested in flowers, you'll look it up. You know, in this country, we don't uh, use flowers for their meaning like that. But don't you um, think we should? I think we should. I do, I do have people wanting herbs. You well, know, that rosemary's was, rosemary's that, one we use a lot. Rosemary for remembrance, um, but again, the people rarely ask what flower meanings are. They're more into the display. Well, you have it in your book because talking yes. about herbs, <laughs> that was one of my favorite tips. Thank and you. I'm I'm going to it quickly in the book because mm-hmm. it's 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 mm-hmm. tip number ninety one, and tip number ninety one is herbs. And I have to say, what what I also think it says. Herbs. A bride with culinary or gardening interests might want to consider adding herbs that have special significance to her bouquet and her groom's boutonniere. So basil is good wishes. Chamomile mm-hmm. is patience. Dill is protection. Ginger is strength. Mint is virtue. Rosemary, as you said, is remembrance. Sage is long life and good health. And verbena is sensitivity. Now that to me, I mean, why not? I would, going forward, that is modern. And you know what? There are also, yes. mm-hmm. it's also a great idea. I was just reading, um, it may have been on Martha Stewart Weddings, about putting it in um, herbs in terracotta pots and giving your guests that to take home as a favor. Yes, often on the escort table, we'll use little pots, little terracotta pots or little galvanized pots with, um, it's hard to do a plant, but a little cluster of herbs. And then you put the name, the place card right in there. And then people pick that up, put it on the table. It becomes part of the display and then they take it with them. It's uh, adorable. Um, the other thing that, another tip that I loved is um, don't be afraid to mix colors and textures. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, colors. That particular bouquet has beautiful roses and orchids in golden uh, terracotta colors and then bright green berries. Yeah. But and they, 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 they complement each other. So much so, so much so. And, it gives and it I, a liveliness. Mm-hmm. I just, I love the berry. I, I just think it looks, it makes it pop. And the, the other thing that I really love, which actually really could have been done in Westminster Abbey, but they really, I don't remember seeing many other flowers at the ceremony, mm-hmm. um, 
was um, on tip number 183 and 184. And I love these aisle bouquets, these mm-hmm. red pomanders. I mean, talk a little bit about that. They are so, they look so special. It's beautiful any time of the year. Something like that is really beautiful for a holiday wedding, too. Uh, the Putting something on, whether it's the chairs or the pews, really frames the aisle. And it's so pretty when the bride is both entering and exiting. Yeah, I just, just and, and, and they're reusable too because they're just hanging on a little, on a cord absolutely. or a ribbon. Yes, I'll tell you a funny thing about the pomanders. For one wedding, we took them, we put them on the hooks in the ladies' room stalls. Oh, that's so great. the inside of the stall. <laughs> it was that, a little surprise. I th- see another great idea, mm-hmm. but uh, very cute. Yeah, people loved it. I because it was unexpected, and that's, and I also love the red. Like you said, a holiday wedding. I think yes. there's something mm-hmm. about the red that is also it, it is such a great color, and 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 really, I don't think it just has to be the holidays. It could be any time no, of year. No, it's so it's so warm and red. Red roses. People really think of love. I'm doing a wedding this summer with all deep reds. I just love it. Now, you know, tis the season uh, for allergies. What are your recommendations with that? Because I do think that we need to, you know, think about that too. Mm -hmm. I think the worst thing is probably the flowering branches. Anything that's going to distribute pollen. um, When pussy willow gets to a certain point, the little velvety tips burst. So generally, if there's someone really allergic, um, we are alerted and we will stay away from things like that or things that are very fragrant. Um, we have had, had some grooms with allergies, so we make sure that the boutonniere is maybe just a mini calla lily, you know, nothing that's going to cause any problems. Okay. So, um, and, and what about, um, aren't there some flowers also that, you know, sometimes the color comes off? You know, like, is there anything in the in the stems or the um, inside the flowers? Oh, or- inside the lily stamens the, where the pollen. Uh-huh. So that's got to be. When the flower opens. Yeah, we have to pull all that out. It has to be pulled out. That's important mm-hmm. to be. Again, you have to remember to do that. Yeah, everything is very groomed. And we'll do that. Uh, the very last thing as we're setting up centerpieces or ceremony or whatever, we we do another walkthrough after everything is set up and just make sure that everything is perfect as it is, as it should be. Um, I also, there are some really pretty keepsake ideas in the book. Um, but, you, you know, I think I went off on a tangent. Just is, okay. are there, with are, what is the best way a bride can save? Regarding, save money? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, we did start with the um, the ceremony. And I was going to say, if you're getting married in a church, you know, don't try to compete with the decor. And that brings us back to the the aisle markers. If you do beautiful bouquets on the ends of the pews or the chairs of greenery, just a selection of different shades of green, different textures of green, that's much more beautiful than having something skimpy. And and that's going to that's going to be much less for a beautiful display. And what about during the reception? I mean, are there any idea, you know, what would be your best way to save during the reception? Because that's really where I think the cost really comes in. That is because you have a large number of tables and anything, again, you know, multiplied by 15, 20, 25. That's where your biggest expense is. Um, Lots of votive candles. That's going to add a glow. Okay. They're inexpensive. You can do your votives in color, which are still inexpensive. Uh, 
again, if you want a tall display rather than having, you know, a huge centerpiece of spilling flowers and cascading greenery, do a submerged stem of orchids. You know, it's beautiful. It's sleek. And again, do the highs and lows because high centerpieces are always more expensive because it just takes more flowers to create that tall display. So if you do half high and half low, that's going to help you also. Okay, great. So recently you were, um, well, the Royal Wedding was on April 29th, 2011. We'll all remember that special day. But you, I, I, you had told me you, you were going to be participating um, with another wedding that day with another Kate and William that was featured on The View and I watched it. So tell us a little bit, I mean, what you would, because, you, you know, when you emailed me, I like you said, your new tagline is that every woman should be a princess on her wedding day. Absolutely. So you 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 had the great honor of um, of doing the flowers, the floral designs from surroundings, flowers, and events um, for these quote unquote commoners. So just tell us a little bit about that experience and and how us regular folk, you know, can can create with flowers. Sure. Well. Uh, most regular folk don't have to be concerned about how things are going to read on camera. <laughs> so uh, we don't have those concerns. The view um, wedding was unique because we had the stage set, which when you see it, is was the British flag. So we had these strong shapes in bright red and bright blue. I actually thought that that set looked beautiful. It did. It did. But they wanted to change it for the wedding. With we we couldn't obviously change the flooring that's the right. set, but but they wanted a look for the wedding. They wanted to well, they wanted it to say wedding, so that when we came back after the commercial break, it would be yes, this is the wedding. So we had to stick with paler colors and things that wouldn't clash with the red and blue. So I did light blue, creams, kind of a golden color, and we had the the tall trees of cherry blossoms because we we wanted to soften the background and have something when they if you notice when they had the close up of the vows you'd see the cherry trees behind particularly behind the groom's head i remember um and the big urns in the front they wanted that too uh, you know they they wanted something large to really set the tone for the wedding and candles they wanted candles um this is both the view and the bride and groom. So we had candles at the entrance and we had, unfortunately, she had a very short aisle, but we did have pillar candles and cylinders there Okay, for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. So those are some nice mm-hmm. um, details of that wedding. Well, you know, Diane, you shared a lot of great information. Um, I, I, we're very excited. Two of our listeners are going to have an opportunity to get Diane's new book, Beautiful Wedding Flowers. All they need to do is write us and put in the subject line, Wedding Flowers, and email me maybe some questions about what you want to know about flowers, and Diane can help you do that, or some of your suggestions or tips that can help other people around the world with their with their flowers um, for their wedding. So, you know, whatever you want to write to us about flowers, we welcome it, and, and um we will announce a lucky winner, and Diane will send out a book to you. Um, should you be the winner, I will notify you. You can email me at feedback at the WPN.com. And like I said, put into the subject line, uh, wedding flowers. 
and because um, the book is really gorgeous and it is helpful to brides and designers and planners and there are even tips from some of your friends in the book um, which mm-hmm. actually are friends of ours because Ron, mm-hmm. Ron Ben Israel has been right. on our Meet the Masters show. Um, He's wonderful. And um, Julie Goldman Mm-hmm. Just recently attended our 21st Century Bride event, and also she is going to be on Shock Tank on Friday night. Yeah, I, of, I know that. Of the, she was part of The View also. And she, she uh, yes, mm-hmm. of the original runner company, and you actually have some mm-hmm. great runners and ideas mm-hmm. regarding that um, in the book, and then also with Total Table. So we yes, will have links to Diane's website and her blog, Floral Whisperer, and to all the resources we talked about in this show. Well, thank you so much. Well, thank you, Diane. Any parting words? What's your best advice for couples planning <laughs> planning their wedding? Follow your dreams and uh, find find someone who will work with you who wants to bring your vision to life. Well, I know there are many celebrations to come in all sizes and styles, and we really appreciate the information you shared with us today. Thank you, Holly. It's been a pleasure. So you've been listening to Meet the Masters with Diane Wagner on Wedding Podcast Network. And we hope you've enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, feedback, comments, we would love to hear from you either on our listener hotline, 800-882-1259, or you can email me. I love getting emails. Uh, feedback at the WPN.com. Um, please tune in to all of our programming on Wedding Podcast Network. I'm Holly Ehrlich, your show host, and thanks for listening.